When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and Megan coming to you live uh, on an off day for the Avalanche after their back-to-back. Uh, lots of lots of stuff going on in the hockey world still, though, uh, for the Colorado Eagles. They also played the other night and won pretty handily after a beatdown loss the night before that. So Eagles a little bit all over the place, too, the same way the Avs are. Megan, obviously, you've been following them closely. The The most interesting news right off the bat was Eustace Annan, uh getting a little bit of a call-up after, after last night. So... I guess we can start there. Uh, one, how has Eustace been so far this year? And two, do you think he will actually get a start? I, I'm i not anticipating that he'll get a start. I could see them giving him one, but I think that is part of the plan um, in having Eustace there instead of Jonas Johansson is just to have someone backing up in the balance and then Jojo will be a great starter for the Eagles uh, because he has been. Interestingly, it's a little different from last year because Miska and Anunin split the starts, but they favored Anunin quite a bit more. It's been split a lot more evenly between Anunin and Jonas Johansson this season, but it has not, you know, his workload hasn't gotten much easier. Eustace is still, I would say, the primary starter, um, but he has a reliable person who can start in the next game since they do a lot of these weekend series where these games are back to back like that they're relying on Jojo a lot more than they did Miska in the past but even still Eustace has gotten a lot of starts and I think he looks a lot more solid especially for this time of year than he did last year he had the goaltender coach change around January of last year so he's been working with Peter Budai now for over a full year And I think that has helped him a lot. This is someone who understands making the transition to North American ice really well. And now Eustace has had a full season of that transition and a goaltender coach who especially gets it. So I think he looks a lot stronger coming out the gates this season. Just looking at his numbers, he has a 9-12 save percentage at the American League level right now. I think that's terrific. American League is kind of an interesting league because of how much of it is spent on special teams. Let me just see how their penalty kill has been doing this season, too. I don't have it in front of me. But it is certainly a credit to Anunin that save percentage is 
I wouldn't say on the lower end, basically. Um, he has had to field a lot of shots, high volume, because of the way that special teams battles back and forth at the American League level. Um, and I think he has looked pretty solid. It's it's always tough with the goalie position, right? Because at the NHL level, each team only carries two goalies in extreme situations. Maybe a team carries three. So the, the positions are extremely limited there. And looking forward for the Avs, certainly next year, it's still going to be Georgiev and Pavel Francouz as their two goaltenders. So you're really still two years out from seeing Eustis potentially vie for an NHL job, at least in Colorado. But do you think he's on pace for that? Is is he pushing towards that NHL job? Or are we are we not sure yet where he's headed? I see NHL caliber in his future. It's just unclear to me if that's something like a third string position, similar to how Jonas Johansson's being utilized right now. And I don't want to be limiting in the ceiling I envision for Eustace either. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I definitely think even where he's at right now would benefit an NHL team somewhere. It just isn't clear to me if that would be more of a third string position or somebody's backup one day. Always worth noting with goaltenders as well, they can be a good bit slower to develop. Uh, old friend of the abs, Spencer Martin, uh, finally getting an NHL job this year in Vancouver as a backup. Um, he's 27, so sometimes I think people accelerate timelines with goalies a little bit, and the reality is they take a little bit longer and they play. Uh, until an older age than a lot of skaters do. So just keep that in mind with Eustace. He's been one of the more hyped goalie prospects, probably the most hyped one since Calvin Pickard um, in Colorado. So could be a little bit until we actually see him break into the NHL. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, beyond that, though, there are plenty of other skaters, plenty of other stuff going on in Colorado. Megan... How has the roller coaster ride been up in Loveland? It's been a roller coaster. There have been games like Luke Martin played as a forward the other night, and Ryan Wagner has played it as a defenseman on other nights because they are really shorthanded. They've had a few PTO guys get options. They have one right now, um, one that has worked out, which is Cedric Barre, who was kind of a nice Maltsev replacement because the nature of his injury was so serious. But as a result, in losing players like Magneto Waivers, Cow in the trade, Maltsev to injury, they've lost a lot of their offensive weapons. And so the goal scoring in on the whole is down for this group. They received reinforcement, though, like in losing Kiefer Sherwood and Dylan Sakura in someone like Charles Sudan, who is currently the leading goal scorer for the Eagles. And he understandably is the leading goal scorer. He gets a lot of opportunity on the top line, top power play. And he's pretty experienced as a player. But on the whole, goal scoring is down a bit. But it has benefited someone like John Luke Foodie, who at the end of last year rose to a second line role. But it took an entire season for him to earn that. He was not entirely trusted there for that whole season. And he earned that too in playing alongside Martin Cow and Jason Megna. So he's had opportunity this season to play above what he was able to last year. And so he's the second points leader with the Eagles right now and he's getting to play top line second line depending on how it gets shifted around 
minutes. He's injured right now, but um, allegedly <laughs> he did take full breath. <laughs> I'm not going to be conspiratorial. I think he's just probably, they're probably being cautious with Foodie, but he has definitely taken a big step forward. That's why we saw him get rewarded with some NHL games. So this fan base is already a little familiar about what Foodie brings to the table. It's still raw. Some of his tools aren't quite NHL ready. He's still figuring out a little bit of his identity. But for the first time, Cronin sort of pinpointed what he envisions his NHL upside to be. And he's eyeing a third line wing role for Foodie presently. I know the question with Foodie has been, can he play center? Because he did in his junior career. But as a Colorado Eagle, that is just not opportunity that he's been given. He's had maybe a couple games in his rookie season that he played center, but since then has been kept to the wing. And as a result, I don't know if Foodie would be an option in the middle for the Avs future, but he's absolutely being primed to be an NHL winger at the moment. He's still working on some details of his game. We saw that at the NHL level, some of the ways in which he maybe didn't see the defensive side of the game as clearly as he can. Um, but the Eagles are just trying to stay afloat. I hope you could probably rein this in too, because then there's the addition of Alex Galchenyuk. These are kind of the players too that are going to inevitably be in the Black Aces conversation as well. Um, but I'll pause here for a second in case you want to steer this conversation more clearly. I, I think you're headed in the right direction. I I wanted to go towards Black Aces, and I'm I'm curious with the Jean-Luc Foodie. Is he someone that you can realistically see finding a role as a black ace? You talked about him being a little bit raw on that defensive side. Can he get his game to a level where he would fit in the Av system? We've seen often Jared Bednar shy away from inconsistent forwards on the defensive side, be it Foodie or Galchenyuk. Both of them, were when they went back to the AHL, were asked to round out that side of their game. So is there room for them to realistically play for the Avs again down the stretch? For a foodie specifically, I think it's possible, but it's interesting just in how Black Aces were chosen even last year. With foodie, though, where he really earned some trust is in big moments in the Calder Cup playoffs. He was a player that was utilized late in close games. He even had some game-winning goals that were able to send the Eagles further into the playoffs. And so he was able to demonstrate that he can play under pressure um, and pretty maturely in those situations. It still would be maybe a little bit untested to translate to NHL playoffs and Black Aces, but I do think that it's an important step forward that he took last year. But interestingly, someone like Martin Kelt, who had a lot more NHL experience by comparison, was not a Black Ace last year. And so for that reason, I'm not sure in the selection process if that's something that's especially valued because it was a player like Motsev who, similar to Kaut, had NHL experience, but it was also favoring someone like Jason Magna, who is a much more veteran player. Um, and so they might lean on someone like Charles Houdon because of the NHL experience. They might lean on someone like um, Alex Galchenyuk because of the NHL experience. Foodie could still be in that conversation, but he would be maybe on the fringes of it. So let's uh, let's expand that net a little bit. One, I'm going to make you choose between Houdon and Galchenyuk. Who do you think is is first at the bit for that option? And then after that, I want to talk about Olausen as well. I think it's hard because they do two different things well. 
Um, I noticed Udon was not really trusted to play center at the NHL level here. He has before, but he wasn't really given that choice. Um, they were more comfortable with someone like Ben Myers there, and they utilized Udon on wing. And similarly, in defensive situations, he also wasn't quite as trusted there in the NHL with the abs right now. Whereas Galchenyuk, I think, is someone that they want to be that guy, a guy that they can use as an option in the middle, and they're preparing him, priming him. The whole reason he's still in the American League is to be better on that side of the puck that I think with the way the Avs like to play, they might give Galchenyuk that look. Um, but I, I, would, I would like to see Houdon there just the same. I think that like Amalgan, there is some offensive upside that you can count on, and I just don't think he's been unreliable defensively to have earned that short of a leash. All right. I, I'm i open to either, to be honest with you. Um, if I'm being fully honest, I think the idea of a black ace in general is is generally a little bit overrated in the NHL. These are often guys who come in and play, honestly, bottom line minutes in the NHL. And, and not that they have no impact, but just by default, it's generally limit, limited rather impact. Uh, unless you're talking about really, truly top-end talents, which at that point, they're not even really black aces. They're just in your lineup anyway. Um, I am curious, though, I, before we get to Olauson, does Ben Myers count as a black ace, or is he just a, a player in the NHL at that point? I don't know. I think at that point, he's... It's going to depend on the fit. Like right now, it's looking like they might not quite have a place for Ben Myers, but I think they want to. I think they envision him as an NHL player right now. Just he is a little bit on the fringes. So I, I think he would, one, be an inevitable black ace if he wasn't already up with the Avs, um, yeah. like in a 13 forward capacity. But I, I think that's a great point. He was would be at the top of this conversation. He would satisfy honestly, a blend of what Houdon and Galchenyuk are supposed to bring to the table. All right. So maybe a moot point entirely as, as Ben Myers steps into the role, perhaps. Uh, more guys to talk about, more guys I want to get into. But before we do, we are brought to you by the amazing people over at Jive Hive. You can go to their website, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com today to get your buzz ordered directly to your front door. It's a virtual uh, dispensary. Yeah, that's the right word. Virtual dispensary. Uh, you can get your weed. You can get it shipped directly to you. I say shipped. It goes into a person's car. They drive it to you and deliver it to your front door. It's not like it's getting FedExed to your front door. So Jive Hive has you covered. You don't have to go down to the weed store. You can get it directly to yourself. You can order it ahead of time so you can schedule it if you want. You know when you're going to be getting home from work and you're going to want to get your buzz. Jive Hive's the way to do it. You can go over to J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E today to get it ordered, get it scheduled, enjoy your day. Uh, once you're in your delivery window, they'll bring it right to you. Uh, they do deliver to Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various arrows, areas of El Paso County. Again, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E dot com today to order. And if weed's not your thing, I get it. 
totally understandable. Maybe alcohol is. In that case, hit up Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar. It's also available in all 50 states now at your local liquor stores. So be sure to go check it out. You might want to find the Avalanche Amber, as you may or may not have heard. It's now like the only real Amber beer on the market. Uh... I guess no one else wanted to compete with it because it was just that good. So if you're into Ambers like I am, go check it out. Uh, it's it's just a good beer. I don't know what else to tell you. They also have dozens of other flavors. So if you like beer at all, I guarantee they have a flavor for you over at Breck Brew. You can check them out at breckbrew.com. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we'll get to the defensemen in a second. I want to stick with the forwards here because the Evs have relatively good forward prospect depth when it comes to the Colorado Eagles. Talking about guys like Sampo Ranta, talking about guys like Oscar Olauson. Going to get into a little bit of a touchy subject here, but do some of these players have significant trade value with the deadline coming up around the corner? And do you think the Avs will actually move any of them? I think they have significant trade value. I don't think it's going to be all of them. I think it's going to be pick one of Alausen, Ranta, or Foodie. And I even the other day threw in the possibility of Ben Myers if they really needed to sweeten some kind of deal. Obviously, I would not like to part with any of these players, but the reality is... Lawson is a first-round pedigree player who may not be NHL-ready right now, but that is still the vision for him. It's within his line of sight. The pace at which he's expected to get there, I wouldn't say is slow, but it's not so immediate, but it's there. I think people can envision it with him. And had it not been for his NHL debut, getting marred by Evan Rodriguez, getting injured, and then the lines getting shuffled the way that they did, I anticipated he was already going to be sheltered, but he was even more so. And so we didn't really get to see what Olausen looks like on an NHL stage. And interestingly, haven't seen him since. But he's someone that I think is probably at the top of that list. Now, I've talked about the ways in which Foodie's stock is on the rise. I still believe that to be true because he did get in nine NHL games. That's not going to be meaningless in the eyes of scouts around the league who have also been watching him in Eagles games and have watched him emerge as a leading point scorer and represent the Eagles in the All-Star game. These are things that I notice, but I can't be the only one noticing. And so for that reason, there's sort of two at the top of that list. But someone that I don't want to rule out either is Samboranta, who I think is closer to being NHL ready, but the ceiling is maybe just not as high as these other two players. So I could see teams looking to get a depth player who has those obvious physical tools built in right now that could plug in to a fourth line role in somebody's NHL club and bring about a really heavy physical presence uh, as a powered forward type player that still has a little bit of work, but I, I see him maybe being of these three closer to NHL ready and that could entice some people as well. It, it, it is interesting, right? Depending on who the Avs trade partner ends up being, are they looking for a more NHL-ready guy? Or are they a team that has a little bit of time to to wait on a development path? And, you know, depending on who that is, are they are they trying to be good right now? Are they, are they Chicago and going to be bad for the next couple of years? We'll see. 
And and I do think that could affect that conversation quite a bit. Uh, if you had to put one, one prospect on the Avs no trade list, is it Foodie? Is it Ananen? Is it somebody else? I hadn't even considered Ananen. Like, in my mind, they wouldn't consider moving him. I know Jigala's doing pretty fine in juniors, but I, I do think they don't quite have the goaltending depth to even let Ananen be a part of the conversation. Uh, so I'm not even counting him, um, which wow, is cheating. Okay. <laughs> it's cheating. It's This is so hard. I want it to be foodie. That is yeah. my no trade. But also, do I need to consider Barons here? Because that is maybe where I actually will throw my fullback behind out of fear. I'll I'll let it stick with AHL players. I think I think Barons is is off limits at the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's it's foodie for me. Okay. Yeah, not that Barons is untradeable, but he's just not in the same conversation as these AHL guys. It's a little bit different there. Um, we'll see exactly how committed the Avs are to making any move that necessarily requires a prospect swap of some kind. It very well could happen. Would not be surprised to see one or two of these guys go. But at the same time, you look at that defensive side. Yes, they have Sean Barons. That's great. He's not even in pro hockey yet. They're only genuine defensive prospect in pro hockey is Ryan Merkley. It's been a couple weeks, Megan. I know you guys have talked about him a lot. What have you seen so far out of him? He's complicated, right? So he's now gotten in seven games and he was dropped in on the road without so much as a practice after not having played hockey for an entire month. That was an option that he chose for himself because he wanted to ensure that this trade request was fulfilled. So as a result, you know, he is now playing hockey, dropping games on the road after not having played for a whole month. He didn't look good. He made some defensive errors twice late in games that almost cost them and did cost them at one point. He was also being given a lot of trust to play on the top player pair alongside Keaton Middleton and quarterback the top power play. Um, which was good for him because that is his strength. He is built as an offensive defenseman, and he does see the offensive side of the ice um, really well. He has terrific vision. He's constantly looking for seams, shooting passing lanes, and you could see that he thinks that side of the game at a very high pace. It's def like he has a goal and now two assists in these seven games. That much is true and is advertised, but physically... Some of these games he gets dropped in on the road are against really hard to play against teams that play a physical style of defense that he quite literally had to pay that toll. You could see the way that he got outbodied, outworked in battles, and then he also misses a couple games with an upper body injury that I think the brutal toll of the game hurt his body a little bit. Um, and so you see where the defensive side, there are some liabilities, but you have to understand he's adjusting to a completely new system that is going to be demanding of him too, because with goal scoring down for the Eagles, team defense has become incredibly important for their success. This is an area of his game that he's going to have to improve on. And every account I have of him is that this is something he's receptive to. So I'm not hitting any sort of panic button. And 
in the eyes of a Cronin or a Schneekloth, I think they've given him allowances because they recognize where this player was at when he was dropped into these games that they're not being unforgiving to with some of the tougher showings that he had. And so last night he gets a golden assist. I think there's still work to be done defensively, but that's going to come. They're going to work very closely with him on that. But there is a reason he's not in the NHL yet, and that is the defensive liability part. That's going to be something that is entirely in his hands. You talked about, you know, the Avs' destiny. It's in their own hands. Ryan Merkley's destiny, if he's to be an NHL player, is also completely within his hands. It's just not there for him right now, but that, that door isn't fully closed by any means. It's just he's going to have to dig kind of deep here. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation with him, right? Because he has every opportunity in the world at the AHL level to to get those minutes to play that hockey. And then you look at the Avs lineup, and they haven't been healthy much this year, but their healthy defensive lineup is really hard to crack, especially if they, they target a defenseman at the deadline or something like that. It just gets tough to earn a role on that hockey team. It's just the reality of it in the immediate now, as EJ's contract expires down the line, they have to make decisions about guys like Devon Taves. Maybe some spots open up, but for right now, it's it's the patient road for Merkley for sure. Um, I want to switch it up a little bit here and look at it the other way. Uh, we've talked about these trades in the sense of the Avalanche specifically. Last year, the Avs also got a good playoff run of the Eagles. You mentioned it with Jean-Luc Foudy's uh, help assisting them to the conference finals with some clutch goals. Should the Avs look to bolster the Colorado Eagles at all? I think particularly on that defensive side. Do, do the Eagles need something to make a good run for themselves this year? I, I guess it depends on the status of the Avalanche, because if they have Andreas England and Brad Hunt at their disposal, I think they'll be pretty solid that's really why they've been searching for defensemen presently is because they've been without and they lost Jarabalov and Hamilton. So it's still very much a possibility that they probably do want some more options than they have so that Ryan Wagner does not have to play defenseman in a pinch because that does reveal there is a deficit there even right now, even in getting Ryan Merkley and David Ferrance through a trade, they are still hurting. They get Luke Martin in a trade as well. Um, but they are still shorthanded, as far as I can tell, unless you can count on Andreas Englund and Brad Hunt being there. So I I would like to see them do something similar to what they did to acquire David Franz. It didn't really come at the expense of anything more than future considerations. And he is a player that can play in the American League right now. Some of these PTOs have been a bit dicier. So I'd like to see them really commit to someone that can be trusted in the American League right now. Uh, for the record, the Eagles sit fourth in their division and uh, sixth in the Western Conference of the AHL, so they are certainly headed towards the playoffs this year. It's just a matter of how far they can really push it. Maybe uh, not too not too different from the Avs in that standing. Um, I do think it's interesting. AJ and I talk a lot about the potential impact of Greg Cronin down there and how we've seen the Avs start to be more successful at developing NHL players since he's joined the organization. Megan, I know you've talked to him multiple, multiple times. 
even uh, even letting that accent slip through when you talk to him <laughs> too much occasionally. Uh, what what's he like? What has he done for the Eagles? I think it's what he's done with himself that has made him the coach that he is today because I've heard different accounts of the coach Cronin once was as being too difficult on his players, almost such that he might not get through to them as effectively. He's done a lot, um, especially in his time with the Eagles specifically, to evaluate what type of coach he is and reflect on different ways to more effectively get through to his players. He incorporates a lot of psychology in what he does. And as a result, he reevaluates what different approach is needed to get through to different players. He doesn't coach every player the same way. And it's a necessity at the American League level when you're dealing with development, you are also dealing with younger players who might be in a more fragile place emotionally and maturely. And he has done a lot with himself to make him better equipped to get through to these younger players. And I think that's how he's managed to steady this ship Year after year, he improves his record as a coach behind the bench, and the Eagles make it a little bit further in the playoffs. And I've talked about, too, the caliber of competition within the Pacific Division. It's a difficult division to play in nightly, and he keeps them competitive. There's also so much turnover at the American League level that a lot of those adjustments I talked about him making with himself as a coach are required because he is dealing with new players year after year that he has to adapt pretty quickly on the fly like that. And I think that his willingness to do that is what has brought the Eagles so much success. Uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on with the Eagles here. They have some guys dotting their depths down there. Shane Bowers, Anton Bleed. Is there any expectation that those types of players could continue to have a significant impact or maybe vie for an NHL spot or is it is it time to accept the inevitable it's really tough because had it not been for the injury with Bowers I think that it would be a different conversation but coming out of injury has historically been difficult for Bowers he has sort of been quieter or slower coming out of injury to pick back up where he left off and I'm, I'm noticing that to be true right now. So I could see it being hard in the eyes of the ads to give him another look within this season unless that changes. And it's tough because it was interrupted in a way that he couldn't have changed. You know, it was injury. He couldn't do much to change that. But with him, I think it's difficult. And with Bleed, I feel like they know what they are going to get from him. So I do feel like he's a little bit of a safety blanket in the eyes of Bednar if they have a specific need for that type of player. If a depth forward in the bottom six goes down, that is the role that Bleed plays. That I could see him being a comfort player that gets optioned for that, but I, I just don't see him really competing with anyone if the apps are healthy for an NHL spot. I hope you're right. Not anything against those players, but I just do think the caliber of play required for the avalanche headed down the stretch run and in the playoffs is, is very high if they want to do the things they want to accomplish. So I, with the expectation that the Avs probably had something at the trade deadline, I think it's just hard for those guys to find a spot. Um, we'll see though. I I'm usually wrong. So who knows, but either way, regardless of that, the Avs future is very bright. 
And they always say don't look directly into the sun. So when you're looking at something that bright, make sure you're wearing your Shady Rays. Have yourself covered on that front. When you go to ShadyRays.com and use the DNBR code, you get 50% off when you purchase two or more pairs of sunglasses. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company. They offer a world-class product. Obviously, you've seen us wear them and can confirm. You can stare directly into the lights in the studio and not go blind when you're wearing Shady Rays. They, Their polarization does a great job of blocking out all of that light, whether it be sunlight or light from lights, literally. Uh, they also have uh, great product protection. Uh, all their eyewear, every pair of sunglasses ba- is backed by their lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair on the, in the first 30 days, they will completely replace them for free. If you don't like them, just send them back and they'll refund you. So they've got you covered. They also have a physical location in Park Meadows Mall. If you're a, if you're a snow rat, they also have goggles for skiing and snowboarding. So they even got you covered there. Uh, jump on it. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that DNVR code uh, and get 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses. You can try them for yourself. They've been rated five stars by over 200,000 people, so they are well-liked. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNVR to get in on DraftKings today, and with a new account, bet $5 to get $200 in free bets, which you can then take and bet on whatever it is you want. You can even bet on AHL hockey. You can bet on individual games. You can bet on futures. So if you're a big believer in the Colorado Eagles, go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Put your money where your mouth is. Believe in uh, John Luke Foodie. We need a we need a real nickname for John Luke Foodie. By the way, JLF doesn't count. That's you can't just use their initials. That's not good enough for a nickname. We got to come up with something better than that. Uh, go to DraftKings. Check them out. Bet on whatever you want, whether it's hockey or other ridiculous sports of any kind that you can imagine. If it, I, I, do some of these things even count as sports. Is chess a sport? Is chess boxing a sport? Chess boxing? Yeah, y'all, you've never heard of chess boxing? No. So you, play, you play a game of chess, and then you do a round of boxing, and you just bounce back and forth between the two until you get a winner of, like, either, like, someone gets knocked out or someone wins enough rounds of chess that it's that it's over it's an excellent sport highly recommend if you've never seen some chess boxing it's a go check it out it's it's an adventure to say the least uh i i guess i've called it a sport i'm calling chess boxing a sport i don't know about just chess but chess boxing is a sport it sounds like a sport No matter what you bet on, you must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for detail. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Someone in the chat asking about Thomas Harley. I've never been a big fan of Thomas Harley's game. If I'm being honest, I think I would take a pass on that one. Um, But... And, you know, if if the Eagles need defense, I'm open to anything at the end of the day. I just don't know if I see the upside there. Uh, anyway, did want to wrap things up here with the Eagles, Megan. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on with them? All right. Uh, in that case, we can move on to a, a couple of fun tidbits with the Colorado Avalanche coming up here. 
Uh, one, this one we already know. Miko Rantanen has been on 199 goals for quite a while at this point. Uh, hopefully that one comes soon for goal number 200 for him. Uh, I don't know if it will, if he wants to keep playing like this, but I expect it'll, it'll come back around for Miko. So there are a couple of other milestones coming up as well for the Avs, uh, including Andrew Cogliano uh, is, I think it's about 10 games now. No, last nine games has played 1191 games in the NHL. So his 1200th game coming up. It is interesting. Megan, do these players actually care about these milestones at all? I don't know. I feel like some do, but I also feel like there have been some who first learn about the milestone because a member of the media asks them. Okay. So a little of A, a little of B. Yeah. And in the case of Andrew Cogliano, I feel like it's one he should care about because to be able to play that many games and still be a healthy, serviceable, serviceable player, like we were just a couple games ago holding our breath collectively because of the kneeing incident in the first Tampa Bay game. And we've watched him blow tires and practice and crash into the boards and just spring right back up. I think it's an accomplishment that Andrew Cagliano has been able to have a long career being the player that he is. He is somebody that is willing to get his hands dirty and dig in and do the blue collar things. And it's what has brought him success. And hopefully this does mean something to him. For the record, 1200 games would put him in the top 125 all time in games played. So kind of a big deal as, as he continues to play the season, he probably won't quite make it to the top 100 this year. He'd have to come back for one more to do that. But it, it's pretty impressive when when you start throwing around stuff like that. And Cogliano is not a guy who's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Is He's not that caliber of player. But when he's doing stuff at that level, that almost makes it more impressive that he's been around and carved out an NHL career for himself for as long as he has managed to do that. Um, so did want to give him some props there. It, it's... It's interesting as as you look around the rest of these. McKinnon uh, will play his 700th game by the end of the year, assuming health. So he is probably also on pace for a, a large number of games in his career. It's interesting. I've talked with AJ about this a lot, Megan, where he and I aren't very fond of the idea that the abs and the Nordiques share the same, like all time statistical lists when it comes to franchise. Do you care about that at all? Are you interested in seeing this generation of abs put themselves on top of that list, those lists rather, and kind of start burying some of the Quebec players? Uh, I, I'm definitely like I, I see the merit of having them separated so that the era of hockey that's specific to the Nordiques is intact because it does feel like these two have separated in ways as different franchises, but also belonging in just different eras of hockey and the way that the game has changed. I think remembering 
avalanche accomplishments within the confines of the avalanche section of the franchise, isn't a separation important to make because of the, the time that the hockey is being played? The way that the game has changed in terms of goal scoring, I think, is going to make these different conversations for the different franchises. Okay, fair enough. I, it's a good point. I don't want to take anything away from Quebec's team or anything like that. I just think they should be two separate lists. Um, what? It, it, this is always a weird conversation in the NHL. You kind of mentioned it. There are definitely players that care about these types of things, but the NHL culture has always very much been about the team, been about that that style of thing. Do you think the NHL should do a better job of celebrating milestones like this? They do have things like the silver stick for a thousand games, but it's very few and far between that the NHL celebrates individual awards. So should this be more hyped up? Is that something the NHL can do better? It's hard to say because I'm not sure how much players or even coaches as a whole would also embrace it. And that would be the only reason it would be worth doing if the players and coaches embraced it with a level of enthusiasm that was engaging for the audience. And that's just what I fear. Like even Bednar achieving his milestone was something he was so ready to move on from talking about. Respectfully, he just didn't want that kind of attention hyper fixated on him. And I feel like that captures a lot of attitudes for players and coaches that I think as much as I'd like to say this would be good for the game, I just don't know if players would or coaches would embrace that. Should they? It's, you know, like, it's who they are. I can't ask them to change who they are and how they've been hardwired. And that is who they are. They are the very team first, we, 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 never saying I. And I wouldn't necessarily want to change that about them. For a second there, I thought they were French. We, 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 you know what? There's a good amount. <laughs> we, we, we. The French Canadians coming out for sure. Uh, it, it is interesting. It, it's just a thought that crossed my mind because I'm going to be honest. The NHL awards is boring and I don't enjoy the show at all every off season or in the middle of a playoff run as it does happen sometimes now. So just just looking for ideas on maybe how the NHL could improve improve that side of things. Uh, not that big of a deal. Nothing too serious about it. I that's all I I really have for today, Megan. But if there's anything else you wanted to touch on, any any trade deadline news, anything else, go for it, or we can get out of here. No, I don't have anything else. But I do look at the performances that are wedged between All Star Game and NHL Awards. Would there be a performance? so good that it might make it worthwhile maybe like who would it be for you who would you say you know what that changed the landscape for award shows i'm going to be tuning in this year like who like what player or which like is there some event that they could do which one like musical performer well i hate live music so you're probably asking the wrong person that question um, I, I don't know. I, if they got my favorite band, I'd do it. Like if they said tomorrow that cake was playing at the, at the video or at the uh, NHL awards, I'd watch, but 
it would be just me and like no one else would care about that. So, <laughs> but if you want to go to the NHL awards or any hockey game down the stretch run here, you can do it through game time. There's a link down in the description of this video that will take you right to the game time website where you can get your tickets for up to 60% off face value. So you can get great deals every single day on any sporting event. It doesn't have to be just hockey can be basketball, can be lacrosse, can be all sorts of major sports across the United States and in Canada. So check out game time today. Go get your good seats. Uh, join, I think it's over 15 million people who have downloaded the app. So you know it's trustworthy when that many people are using it. Uh, anyway, yeah. All right. So two of us would watch if if Cake was the announced performer at the NHL awards. Perfect. We'd really, really racking up the views at that point. Growing the game. <laughs> Two people at a time. Hey, you got to start somewhere. All right, NHL. It's better than shrinking the game. Put it that way. We are out of here for today. We appreciate all y'all hanging out. We are off tomorrow, but we'll be back both days of the weekend covering the abs back to back. So be sure to tune into that. Also, it's a little, it's a little too early, but tentatively, the plan is next Thursday for Roast My Roster. So uh, start start trickling in those rosters on Cap Friendly. Throw DNVR into your title of your roster. You can do whatever trades you want. You can uh, If you put DNVR in them, we'll check them. We'll, uh, we'll have a little bit of fun coming with the trade deadline coming up. So make whatever trades you want. Throw DNVR in the title on your, your Cap Friendly roster, and, and we'll take a look at some of those next Thursday. Uh, we appreciate all of y'all, and we will see you on Saturday.